0: 1 Chronicles, chapter 12. Now these are those who came to David to Ziklag, while he was a fugitive, from Saul, the son of Kish. They were among the mighty men, his helpers in war. They were armed with bows, and could use both the right hand and the left in slinging stones and in shooting arrows from the bow. They were of Saul's relatives, of the tribe of Benjamin. The chief was ahi then Joash, the sons of Shammah, the Gibeothite, Jeziel and Pelet the sons of Asmaveth, Berekar, Jehu the Anathothite, Ishmael the Gibeonite, a mighty man among the thirty and a leader of the thirty, Jeremiah, Jehaziel, Johanan, Josabad, the Gerathethite, Elizai, Jeremoth, Bealiah, Shemariah, Shephatiah the Haraphite, Elkanah, Ishiah, Azarel, Joezah, and Jashabim, the Korahites, and Joela, and Zebediah, the sons of Jeroham of Gedor. Some Gadites joined David in the stronghold, in the wilderness, mighty men of valor, men trained for war, who could handle shield and spear, whose faces were like the faces of lions, and they were as swift as the gazelles on the mountains. Ezer the chief, Obadiah the second, Eliab the third, Mishmanah the fourth, Jeremiah the fifth, Atai the sixth, Eliel the seventh, Johanan the eighth, Elzabad the ninth, Jeremiah the tenth, and Mark Benai the eleventh. These of the sons of Gad were captains of the army. He who was least was equal to one hundred, and the greatest to one thousand. These are those who went over the Jordan in the first month, when it had overflowed all its banks, and they put to flight all who lived in the valleys, both toward the east and toward the west. Some of the children of Benjamin and Judah came to the stronghold to David. David went out to meet them and answered them, If you have come peaceably to me to help me, my heart will be united with you. But if you have come to betray me to my adversaries, since there is no wrong in my hands, may the God of our fathers see this and rebuke it. Then the Spirit came on Amasai, who was chief of the thirty, and he said, We are yours, David, and on your side, you, son of Jesse. Peace, peace be to you. And peace be to your helpers, for God helps you. Then David received them and made them captains of the band. Some of Manasseh also joined David when he came with the Philistines against Saul to battle. But they didn't help them, for the lords of the Philistines sent them away after consultation, saying, He will desert to his master Saul to the jeopardy of our heads. As he went to Ziklag, some from Manasseh joined him. Adnar, Josabad, Jadiel, Michael, Josabad, Elihu... Ziliphai, captains of thousands who were of Manasseh. They helped David against the bands of rovers, for they were all mighty men of valor and were captains in the army. For from day to day men came to David to help him until there was a great army, like God's army. These are the numbers of the heads of those who were armed for war, who came to David to Hebron to turn the kingdom of Saul to him according to Yahweh's word. The children of Judah, who bore shield and spear, were 6,800 armed for war. Of the children of Simeon, mighty men of valour for the war, 7,100. Of the children of Levi, 4,600. Jehoiada was the leader of the household of Aaron, and with him were 3,700. And Zadok, a young man mighty of valour, and of his father's house 22 captains. Of the children of Benjamin, Saul's relatives, three thousand, for until then the greatest part of them had kept their allegiance to Saul's house. Of the children of Ephraim, twenty thousand eight hundred, mighty men of valour, famous men in their fathers' houses. Of the half-tribe of Manasseh, eighteen thousand, who were mentioned by name to come and make David king. Of the children of Issachar, men who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do, their heads were two hundred and all their brothers were at their command. Of Zebulun, such as were able to go out in the army, who could set the battle in array with all kinds of instruments of war, 50,000 who could command and were not of double heart. Of Naphtali, 1,000 captains, and with them shield and spear, 37,000. Of the Danites, who could set the battle in array, 28,600. Of Asher, such as were able to go out in the battle, who could set the battle in array, 40,000. On the other side of the Jordan, of the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, with all kinds of instruments of war for the battle, 120,000. All these were men of war who could order the battle array, and came with a perfect heart to Hebron to make David the king over all Israel. And all the rest also of Israel were of one heart to make David king, They were there with David three days, eating and drinking, for their brothers had supplied provisions for them. Moreover, those who were near to them, as far as Issachar, Zebulun, and Naphtali, brought bread on donkeys, on camels, on mules, and on oxen, supplies of flour, cakes of figs, clusters, and raisins, wine, oil, cattle, and sheep in abundance, for there was joy in Israel." So, this chapter is all about all the people that came from all of the tribes to David at various points to support him and make him the king. And the first group that comes to David, in this chapter at least, believe it or not, are from the tribe of Benjamin. So, And this happens while Saul, now Saul is the first king and he's from the tribe of Benjamin. But the first people to go to David are from Saul's own tribe, the Benjamites, and these are mighty men of of valor. People who could use a slingshot with their left and their right hand. I don't know if you've ever tried using a slingshot uh, you know basically two pieces of leather with a little pouch you can put a rock in it and you let go of one and you hang onto the other with that hand and as it goes apart the stone flies out. It's very very hard to be accurate I know because I've tried I, we've made them um, I took two of my boys to a workshop one day and we made our own slingshots out of raw bush materials Australian bush materials you know out of palm fronds and different things we made our own slingshots and they could definitely shoot it we used a tennis ball they could shoot a tennis ball a long direction but I couldn't aim to save my life and I definitely couldn't use my left hand well these men of Benjamin they could shoot accurately with left and right so these are highly trained soldiers what's interesting is they came to David while Saul was still the king and while David was hiding in the desert so you've got um, david being persecuted by by saul but because his character is noble and upright people are coming to him and joining him and um, when we are persecuted for our faith it's a witness to the lord and it, what it does is it actually causes people to want to come and join the lord <laughs> just like what happened here and so when you know you might be saying oh lord i want to be a witness for you and but you don't want to be persecuted Sometimes the persecution is the thing that helps those people to become believers. You know, as they mistreat you a little bit, but you maintain character and godliness and even pray them, look, it's an opportunity, an unbelievable opportunity. Like, say you're at work and someone starts teasing you. No, it's it's not only that you need to forgive and keep a good attitude. This is now a huge opportunity to go above and beyond and do something nice for them. And... Um, you do that, man, (laughs) you're going to have, and even if it's not those exact people, like Saul didn't change his mind, but others came, others will see that and they will realize, you know, this Christianity is real. And so persecution is actually a huge opportunity. Don't go seeking the persecution, but if it happens to you, thank the Lord for it because he's going to use it to bring people into the kingdom of God. And that's just terrific. And that's what happens here. Actions speak louder than words. And so these men of Benjamin, they look at Saul's actions, and they look at David's actions, and they say, oh, we're changing sides. Then after that, it starts going down all the tribes of Israel. It says that men of Gad came to David. And this was before he was beca- become the king in Judah. But when he became the king in Hebron, this is the king of Judah, it says all Israel came to him to make him king. And it starts going down all the tribes, the men of Manasseh, the men of Ephraim, the men of Simeon, You know, the men of Naphtali. And then it says the men of Issachar who knew the times and knew what they ought to do. These are men who could think and they could see what should be happening. So people start coming, men fighting men start coming from all the different tribes, from all places to David. And this is a picture of the nations coming to Christ. And so people come from all walks of life. You've got, you know, Australians, you've got Asians, you've got Africans, you've got people with black skin, people with white skin, and... People who live in cold parts of the world like, you know, the North Pole. And and uh, you've got people who are from uh, very patriarchal societies. And then you've got people that are, have very unpatriarchal societies. You've got people that have lived in ancient cultures like China. And you've got people or in communist cultures. There's so, such diversity in the world. And you know what? The nations start coming to Christ. You know, people come to Christ from Madagascar and from Mauritius and... From Patagonia <laughs> people as they see the Christ it's like the it's like the tribes of Israel seeing David and coming to him and David's a picture of Christ and you know when Christ is king over the earth there will be joy in all the earth well right now Christ is the king but we're still in the process where all the peoples are coming to him and it's a wonderful wonderful thing and it keeps saying here all Israel this phrase all Israel is is repeated a lot through 1st Chronicles all Israel came to David at Hebron. It doesn't mean that every single person of Israel came because there would have been people that stayed at home. You know, there would have been people who couldn't walk <laughs> uh, you know, as well as the elderly and you know, the sick. And you know, There'd be a lot of women that wouldn't have come. They would have just stayed home with the kids. Um, but some women would have come. But the phrase all Israel doesn't mean literally every single human being came. It, it's, it's a phrase that gets repeated a lot and it just means that everyone was a part of it. And um, this is a picture of what's gonna happen in the nations and in the world. And Israel, ultimately, is a picture of the church because Israel was always a physical thing, which was a real thing, but was always a symbol of a much more real thing. And all Israel, it's the new covenant under Christ. And all the nations are supposed to come into Israel and give their loyalty to Christ. And so we, all Israel, will serve him. And all israel of course means all the believers in the world which are made up of all tribes and all nations and it's a wonderful wonderful thing we haven't seen the fullness of that but that's what the gospel is trying to achieve you know there are different perspectives on uh, on on the end of the world i guess you could say eschatology is another thing you know there's different perspectives on eschatology and one is we could summarize it down to two basic positions one is the world's going to get worse and worse and worse or in other words, the devil's gonna the devil is gonna succeed, and then God's gonna have to come back and just rapture everyone out of here because the gospel isn't succeeding. But the other perspective is the gospel's gonna succeed, the devil's gonna fail, <laughs> and it's gonna get better and better and better. And that's what I believe. There's just too many pictures in the Bible, and even this one is a picture of it. All Israel, all the tribes coming to Christ the King. There's a lot of pictures like this through the scripture. When your eyes are open to see it, you realize this was the purpose of the gospel. It was to change the world and to bring the nations back to Jesus Christ. And that's what we should be believing for. And it's definitely more motivating than the other message. The other message that says things are going to get worse and worse, so what's the point? No, you don't have a lot of faith to pray for things to change when you believe that. When you believe the gospel is supposed to affect things and improve them, man, there's faith. and <laughs> makes you want to pray. So let Lord, build your church. And Lord, I ask that all the nations would be gathered to Christ. We know it's a process. I pray the process would, would be sped up. Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Well, that's a prayer. We want to see it on earth. And Lord, we want to see it increasingly on earth. Lord, let your, let your name be honored and glorified as, as, as far as the waters cover the sea. We thank you, Lord, for all you're doing. And we want to see it now day. In Jesus' name.